What is up, Steve? Study. Happy Monday, everyone. October 24, 2022, and welcome to episode number 441 of the study session. It's okay, Steelers Nation. It's okay. Sorry, I'm here to talk you through it. The Steelers lose 16 to 10 to the Miami Dolphins. They drop to two and five with a game on tap next week against the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles. And we're going to talk about all of it, the ins and outs. We'll get through it together. But before we get into all of that, as always, thank you, thank you, thank you for being a supporter of The Still Study, for listening, reading, and sharing my work with your family and friends. It truly does mean the world to me. So thank you for that. I would love to connect with you. We could do that one of three ways. You can comment directly on the articles at the bottom of the page. You can hit me up via email at thestillstudy at gmail.com. And you can also give me a follow on Twitter at stillstudy. Would love to connect with you. Get your question, comment, feedback on the show. And don't forget about the podcast that I do with Jim Wexel over on his site, The Still City Insider. That is linked in the show notes. Jim is super knowledgeable and insightful about your Pittsburgh Steelers. Having covered the team since 1995. You don't want to miss it. Be sure to check that out. Late night. And those, those late nights are always made even better by a Steelers loss, aren't they? But again, just to kind of bring this back, we knew after the first few weeks that this is a team in transition, regardless of what you hear from Mike Tomlin or the players. This is a team with a lot of youngsters trying to not find their way, but figure it out, figure out how their game translates to the NFL, figure out how to be effective. And there are going to be growing pains. No doubt, no question, that is just gonna be part of this process. We know that, we have to accept that. This is not a 12, 13, 14 win team who's going to get into the postseason and make a push. Not saying that that anything's not possible because anything truly is possible. But if we're being realistic, we're looking at the reality here. This is a team in transition, team in development. And the hope is that these players grow and get better game over game over game. And by the end of the season, they are a decent team set up and poised to make a push next year. So 16 to 10 loss and really it's, it was a tell of two halves defensively when the Dolphins first came out. I don't know if the Steelers just weren't settled in on defense or what was going on there, but they just kept giving out big chunk plays at will to, to uh, Tugalavia or there I go. You think I would be able to pronounce his name after hearing it last night. And, man, I thought, wow, this game could get out of hand. It could be a blowout. But the Steelers responded second half and held the Dolphins scoreless, really thwarted the running attack, shut down the passing game, and they played a good second half. Now, they did have four dropped interceptions, and if they would have squeezed just one of them, you have to wonder how that could have changed the outcome of the game but shoulda coulda woulda we're not going to play that game 
but definitely encouraged in terms of how I saw the defense respond second half. And kudos to them. They played well on the road. Now, granted, it was basically a home game with all the Steelers fans that were there. But you have to feel decent about the defense and its performance yesterday. The offense, different story. And there's plenty of blame to go around here. I'm not going to sugarcoat anything here, but just going back to Matt Canada. I know the Steelers don't fire coaches in the middle of the season, but I think that this needs to be an exception, and he's got to go. He's got to go. His offense is predictable in terms of his calls. It's run first down, run second down. And it's these dinky out routes. It's an end around. It's a little shovel pass to a tight end to Zach Gentry. And again, I love Zach Gentry. Don't get me wrong, but he's not hes not Pat Freyermuth. He's not going to get you a huge chunk of yardage. And where have the carries gone for Jalen Warren, too? But... I will say this, and I'll guarantee this. Even if he's not fired now, he is not coming back next year. It'll be a day after the season. Matt Canada is going to be relieved of his duties. There, He's just, he's not. He will not return. So whether or not they want to rip the Band-Aid off and do it now and shift the play-calling responsibilities to quarterback's coach Mike Sullivan, again, I just don't see that happening, just the nature of how the Pittsburgh Steelers operate. But write it down, he's not he'll, – he'll be fired the day after the season's over. It's just bad. Think about it. You could probably count on two hands the number of deep shots that this team's taken. I'm not, I'm not saying that completely falls on Matt Canada, but it's always these short routes. It's predict- predictable. There's no creativity in the offense. There's no building on concepts to scheme and create mismatches with players. It's just bad. It's bad. I do believe that if Mike Sullivan were to take over for Canada, there would be a improvement in that offense. I'm not going to say that they're going to instantly become a playoff team. That's not what I'm saying because who knows what Sullivan's going to provide offensively. But Matt Canada hasn't gotten it done. Didn't get it done with Ben Roethlisberger. After seven games this year, he hasn't got it done. We've seen the sample size. It's a failed experiment. Be willing to accept the mistake. Cut your losses, and it's time to move on. Now, Kenny Pickett. Let's talk about Pickett's performance. Kenny had some nice moments. There are times when he's back there and you're like, wow, like he's really seeing the field. He's moving around. He's got good mobility. Very precise passer. I think that's something that jumps out every game as you look at his completion percentage. He's completing a high percentage of his passes. Now, a lot of his passes are short. He's taking those high percentage pass opportunities. He's still not going down the field. But here is my concern, and I'm going to 
continue to say it until I see some evidence otherwise. Because he did take some shots down the field. Those balls, those interceptions, all three of them. You can't sit here and tell me that you saw zip on those throws. You can't. There was no heat on any of those passes. That's my biggest concern with Kenny Pickett. Now, here's the thing. He's got great touch. He knows what each pass is required for the down and distance, for the context of the game. But he doesn't he doesn't have an NFL elite arm. It's not there. And that's okay. You could still win without it. But you have to have the element of the deep ball. So it's a chicken or the egg question here. Is it Matt Canada who's not calling those go routes down the field? Or is it Kenny Pickett who is not willing to throw them? I wouldn't even say that that his interceptions were go routes yesterday. They, they weren't. They were just deeper passes. The one at the end of the game was just god-awful. He could have took off and picked up 20 yards. But if he would have led Deontay Johnson threw it over top of him so that he could run under it, he just looked like he lofted it. And here's the thing. I don't know if that was all he could muster in terms of arm strength, and that's that's his throw, or if it was just a bad throw. I'm hoping it's just a bad throw, and it wasn't. That's all he can muster on it. The interception where Chase Claypool fell down. I mean, I don't know how you avoid that. You could probably put that one on Claypool because he tripped over his own feet. But the one to Deontay Johnson, again, that was a... He needed to put some more sauce on that one to fit it in there with some zip, and he didn't. It just kind of hung out there, and it gave the D-back time to make the play, and it was an interception. So... If there's one area of Kenny's game that has to grow, it's velocity on his passes, which you can't coach velocity. You either have it or you don't. Now, I know Kenny's got more zip on the ball than what he's shown, but he's got to show it. And the willingness to attack down the field, the deep ball, vertical threat, we need to see that from him. It wasn't on display. But here's the thing about Pickett. Rookie quarterbacks rarely excel in their first year. And I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing that he's not playing well so far. I know you look at it's easy to look at those interceptions and be like, damn, this dude is bad. And it has been great. But here's the thing. He's learning. This is going to be a work in progress for him. This is not going to happen overnight, but they've got to stay committed to him. And I like the fact that he continues to go out there and try to make plays and he's not letting his confidence get rattled. And that's the the risk that you run when you start a rookie quarterback as soon as you did in Pittsburgh is that they lose their confidence and then they're never able to recover. So that's gonna be important the Steelers coaching staff to not let Kenny Pickett get down on himself and not believe in his abilities to get it done. 
He's going to get better. How much better? We don't know. But it is going to be important for him to experience some success. To get a win. To have a 300-yard passing game and some touchdowns. He's, he's going to need that. That's got to happen. But, again, you can't put it all on Kenny Pickett. Matt Canada deserves a lot of that blame, too. I mean, think about this. How many play? and I know I'm experiencing this when I'm watching the game. I feel like I could call the play before it's even run. I could tell when it's an end around. I could tell when it's a little shovel pass to Gentry or to Pat Freyermuth or an out to Freyermuth or a roll out little dump off to Freyermuth or dig or curl to Deontay Johnson. It's just predictable. Najee Harris played a little bit better of a game yesterday. Something's off there. I I don't know if he's fully 100% from that injury, and I'm not trying to make excuses for the guy, but you don't regress as much as he has from last year as a rookie behind a terrible offensive line to where he is now. He When I watch him, and Jim Wexel pointed this out early, earlier this year, he almost looks too heavy. Like, he, he looks like he's too slow. Like, all the muscle that he put on has just kind of made him lethargic. But again, he still had a nice performance, but the fourth and one where he had the reception looked like he was going to die for it. He couldn't, he couldn't get it. Something just, something's off there. I know he's a better player than that. Pat Freyermuth made some nice plays. The one that the team needed, the deep pass, Miami defender tipped it up into the air. He had it in his hands. He squeezed it, but then couldn't pull it down. That could have been a game-changing play. Deontay Johnson is not having a good season. He's non-existent. He's not. He's not an elite receiver. He's not. He's a. He's a number two, and that's debatable this year. I mean, I know he's had some highlight reel catches, but not much there. George Pickens had a nice game. They need to find ways to get him more involved. Again, the next deep shot to Pickens will be the first one. Why not a deep post with him? Why not a go route? Chase Claypool was okay. You just can't trip over your own feet. The offensive line was okay. Just a lot of okay. It was okay. So... 16 to 10. Again, they didn't quit. They they battled. The majority of their losses have been close losses outside of that ass whooping versus Buffalo. But they they are fighting. You can't you can't sit here and say that this team is giving up, packing it in. They're not doing that. And it's not going to get any easier because they've got the Eagles this weekend and sure you're all aware it's an undefeated team it's in philly the steelers historically suck playing in philadelphia and oh yeah it's the day before halloween and that fan base is going to be fired up their phillies are in the world series 
it could get ugly. If the Steelers can't score points on Sunday, it could get very ugly for this team. So Tom has got to have them ready to go. That team's got to be ready to go, or it could be another debacle like what we saw in Buffalo. And then after Philly, there's the bye week. Hopefully by that point you have TJ Watt returning, and then it's basically a brand new half of football, brand new season, starting with the Saints. Maybe they can regroup over over that bye get their mind right, get focused, and then see what they could do. And then at some point, here's the question that has to come up. So Tomlin has never had a losing season, right? So that means he cannot lose any more than three games this year. That will put them at nine wins, eight losses. So that's his margin of error. Is that going to happen? When you still have to play the Ravens twice. The Browns one more time. The Bengals one more time. The Saints. The Eagles. It's going to be hard, man. It's going to be hard. And if it is going to be a losing season, then... Sure, you want them to finish out the year positively. You want to get some of these younger guys' development. And I think you got to start doing that. But then you got to start looking at your roster, what's in place, who are the free agents next year, what your draft position is going to be. And I'm sure right now they've got, they've got a top five draft pick wherever they're located in draft positioning. But once they're eliminated, that conversation's got to begin. So as we stand here right now and I said this if they beat the Dolphins they would get back to a level of respectability I didn't say playoffs and I think honestly that's what they're going to be fighting for all season is respectability they're not fighting for the postseason that's out at this point not saying that it can happen but can they get back to a level of respectability to where when they line up against teams they're like, oh, we're playing the Pittsburgh Steelers. We gotta be ready to go. That has to be the goal. So that's it, studyings. Don't get down, man. This it's a game. It's fun. You're going to have these types of seasons. It's going to happen. It's okay. Because here's the thing. They have a losing season this year. Get some good draft picks. Rebuild, develop your players, come back at it, ready to go, get better. You got a core of good players. It just takes time. And you know what? The Steelers really haven't had much rebuilding. It's time. It's time right now. just got to enjoy enjoy the process man when I was watching yesterday I kept telling myself that like just enjoy these guys getting better watch these guys get better how can we see these guys getting better George Pickens man I tell you what there's a lot of talent there there's a lot of guys on this team that once they work through this transitional period 
can be superstars and can turn this thing around. And studying, 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 studying. That is it. That is the end. That is the conclusion of episode number 441 of the study session. My gratitude to you. I hope you have a phenomenal week. Yes, I do. Do something positive for yourself and someone else. Get your mind right. They got to go out and get this win before the buy. Nobody is going to give them a chance. I guarantee. Here's the thing. They're going to be probably 13 and a half point, 14 point underdogs in Philly. I mean, that's a, that's a given. So we'll have to see if that the Steelers can turn that into some type of edge or motivation this weekend. It's going to be a tough one. Have a great week, ladies and gentlemen. I will see you back here for episode number 442 on Tuesday. Love yins, guys and gals. And remember, even after a loss, and it seems like there has been a lot of them this year, five so far, life is beautiful in the black and gold. Peace, everyone. Make it a great day.